Hey, what's up, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff, we've got just a little bit of steroids in the news at the beginning. Then we get into our steroid profile of the week. This week, we talk about halo testing. After that, we've got a bunch of listener questions. Strong orals used pre-workout to enhance performance. Growth hormone timing. Then we get into some leg training, uh, isolating the vastus medialis, a.k.a. the teardrop why we don't review underground labs plus we get into a little bit of new year's resolution stuff at the end all of that right here now on drugs and stuff what's up guys welcome back to drugs and stuff with dave crossland i'm scott mcnally all of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com you can use our code advices on awesome health and performance supplements I'll have you guys know, um, David has a busy day today, so he made me get up early to record this show. So I'm still just waking up. I've got my coffee. I'm going to get through this, but hi, Dave. How are you? It's 11 o'clock, your time. It is not 11 o'clock my time. It is. You don't lie. <laughs> it's 5 o'clock in the afternoon here. It is not. <laughs> How you anyway, doing? All right, I've got bigger problems. What's your problem? This is my problem. You ate all your candy. <laughs> is that what I've happened? I've got no windows. I, I warned you. <laughs> I warned you that was going to happen. I've got no windows left to open. Dave has, an, what do they call it, an advent calendar? Advent calendar. And Dave ate all of his chocolates early. And now we record this on December 22nd. And guess what? Dave doesn't have any chocolate left. <laughs> You I'm fucked up, away. Dave. You fucked I up. Did. Some fat bastard snuck in and pinched him. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying anyway. So uh, today, guys, we have a steroid profile. Profile. We are going to discuss Halo, and uh, after that, we've got a bunch of listener questions. I did see a lot of steroids in the news. Um, I feel like busts oh, are up right now because there are just everything people are getting popped left and right. There was one. Uh, just outside of Toronto, in the city where a friend of mine lives, um, there's another one in Canada, in Chatham-Kent, which is outside of Windsor. They also got caught with cocaine. From what I've always heard, it's when people are doing recreational drug sales that they end up getting caught up with, with steroid sales a lot of times. There, there was also a UK one uh, that wasn't a bust. Um, it was the final, the Alpha Pharma bust, which happened a couple of years ago now. Okay. Um, I think that job was actually valued at about $30 million. Ooh, $30 million. And it was, and it, no, pounds. Oh, pounds. So, like, that um, would be, like, close so, to sixty. <clears throat> no, it's not. I think it's about 45, wasn't it? 50, oh, somewhere down there. I anyway. Know. I don't know. Um, the value was actually based on uh, wholesale, not on retail okay. as well. Because I, I know the lad that did the paperwork did the job for it. Wow. Uh, anyway, the last guy got sentenced, and he got sentenced based around a million pounds worth of drugs. And I think... He got about 18 months. I might have got that wrong. Um, but it, it wasn't a particularly massive sentence. Yeah. Um, considering the drug value. Yes, you're right, Andy. I do need two more boxes of chocolate. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't um, a particularly huge sentence when you when you consider I mean, if you had a million pounds worth of cocaine, you're looking at several years. You know what I mean? You're going away for a long time. Yeah. Um, but that was that sentencing happened last week, I think it was, or the week before, which was the end of that saga. 
Okay. But not heard much else, to be honest. It seems to have been very, very quiet. But I suspect police are too busy in this country running around after COVID bollocks than they are um, doing much else. So, because uh, it seems to be that way at the moment. Right, right. <clears throat> well, listen, let's get to our steroid profile. Also, this episode's going to come out just before the new year. So I'm going to ask you about some New Year's resolutions uh, when we end the show. Also, I hear Fuddy in the uh-huh. background. Dave, we had people that actually turned off the show when Fuddy was making all that noise that episode. People are still commenting to me, telling me, I love the podcast, but when I'm listening on my headphones, I can't listen. That dog is so distracting. All right, Fuddy, today's the last day you're on the podcast, and then you are going in the bin. In the bin? We're going to get rid of you because Scott doesn't like you. Puppies are for life, not just for Christmas, you know. <laughs> no, if, in all seriousness, if, it, if, it's, if, it, if it's getting to that level of a problem, I'll, I'll start putting him out. I, I don't want that. Of, yeah, but, but a bit of background noise is something, and it's a bit to do with the show. I appreciate that. But, you know, if people can't physically listen to the show because fat ass down there is making too much noise, then, then he's gonna he's just going to have to go, isn't he? I'll have to find him another home. What else could I do? You mean you're going to get rid of him? Like you're going to well, actually I, kick I, him I, out of the house? I, I might just bang him up back at Edinburgh in the garden. No, job done there. And right. that is listeners' fault because of all your complaints. So you've killed my dog. No, right. I'll, put, I'll put him in the kitchen or something. <laughs> okay, Halo Teston. Uh, this is a, I'd have to say, one of the most, one of the strongest compounds. One of the least needed compounds, but it is a fantastic strength drug. Like wicked, wicked. Yeah, it's a very odd drug. I mean, it's been around a long time. It first sort of came about in 1955, 1956. Um, I mean, when you look at the numbers, I mean, let's have a look at Oxy. Now, Oxy is regarded as a strong oral. Yeah. And Oxy's anabolic value is 320. Now, it's androgenic value is 45. So in comparison, that's really good balances. Whew, okay. You know, it's, it's, it's actually not overly toxic. Yes, it stresses the liver because of its mechanism of action, but it's not actually that toxic and that stressful. And it has a huge muscle building potential. But then you look at something like Halo. Halo's anabolic value is 1,900. Jeez. And its androgenic value is 850. The strange thing is with Halo, though, that anabolic value doesn't actually carry over into muscle gains. It's not yeah. a big mass-building drug, which no. you would think it would be when you look at those numbers. Yeah. Hardness, yes. Strength, yes. Particularly without weight gain. In fact, its popularity is probably more within those that need power and explosive power but need to stay within a weight category. Yeah, that would be my go-to. Like, if I needed to yeah. stay in a weight class and I wanted to be strong AF, <coughs> I would definitely go with Halo. Compositionally, I don't know if I really see a huge difference between that and other fast-acting DHTs. Like, I feel like Winstrel has a really strong compositional effect, like a cosmetic dryness and hardness. Um there is yeah. mental... Visually, I yeah. don't think there's much, but I would say on the strength score, there's very little can touch it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at it from a bodybuilding perspective. I mean, here's the mm. reality. I've said this before. Uh, I used Halo in my first contest prep, and honestly, man, I've used it every contest prep since. 
And the reason is, is because I've been wondering, man, well, I mean, it, I've looked so wicked hard. Do I want to risk not using it? And when I use it, the way I would suggest it would be like the last seven to 10 days is it. The, here's the mm -hmm. deal, though. You get so strong on it. But if you're only using it for that last week or so, you're not training hard in that last week or so. So it's not like you're getting this added benefit to push you through in the gym. That last week, all you're really doing is pumping the muscle and then you know, taking days off of training so that your inflammation can come down and you can look crisp on stage, you know? There's not a huge amount of studies on this, but there was one where they took, and it was only nine people. Yeah. I believe anyway, um, 20 milligrams. And within two weeks, they were concerned about liver values. Yeah. But the caveat to that is that they actual full-blown liver problems off halo you have to take the fucking piss yeah i have I mean, seen values increase dramatically yeah, they, like triple digits alt and ast you know yeah they will but generally they will come back down when you stop it, it is just stressful it's, it's obviously because it has to first pass with the liver yeah um but even though it is so stressful actual long-term liver problems are quite rare now, whether that's down to the fact that we just generally have a healthy respect for orals and their effect on the liver, because it seems to be the one thing that's drummed into every user, yeah, or, 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 or what, I'm not sure. I mean, it was originally released as a medicine. It, it was used as an alternative to testosterone. It is test-based, well, it's methyl-test-based, I suppose, if you want to be technically correct. Um, it was looked at as, as an androgen uh, supplement. Hmm. And it was used in inoperable breast cancer in women with doses going up as high as 40 milligrams a day. Good Lord. But it is noted in the studies that virilization was a major issue for the females on the dosing. And generally the virilization stopped at, started at about 10 milligrams. Yeah, I had a friend who was a female bodybuilder and her and her guy would go down to uh, Tijuana and this is like back in the early 90s. And that's when she first tried Halo. And she said she loved it. She said it was the best drug that she ever used. And then she said, but. And then she went like this. Mm, that's exactly imagine. what she did. I, it's burned in my brain, actually. It, 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 say it was released by uh, Upjohn and Siva. Uh, both yeah. carried it. Um, and it just sort of. Uh, FDA clamped down a bit on rules, so description of use changed and it narrowed its field of, of use. And then it's just really fallen out of popularity medi medically. Um, it's still available. It, it's still used as a medicine, but not very commonly. Um, and, and that's pretty much where it is. It does convert via 5.8 VR. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, I've just seen a comment that just came up there. Um, so you can offset some of the androgenicity with something like finasteride. Um, but um, generally, I would say just use with caution, use sparingly, and don't use for very fucking long. Yeah, yeah. And that, <clears throat> that would go across the board. Um, I would say, you know, we did get the question. And two, two things I have, talk dosing, and the other thing being uh, we had that question previously. When you guys talk about steroid profiles, can we talk about how they apply to women as well? In my opinion, Halo is a drug I would 
I would always avoid as a female, unless you really don't care about virilization. If you don't well, care, go for it. But if you can get pharma, if you can get pharma prescriptions, it comes as low as like two point five mic. I guess. Well, there could be some benefit in that sort of range of dosing on a female. Okay. Uh, but you you are experimenting at this point because there's this like I said, there's no real data to look at this. Um, in breast cancer cases, it was generally noted virilization started at ten milligrams. Yeah, and I would say so, ten milligrams for a man is even a, an okay dose. You know. Yeah, I was. I would have said ten to twenty are your starting points for dosing, um, yeah. and I would be very wary about going up from that point. So um, I had a decent supply of it one year. I decided I'm going to go all out, and I ran it for I believe three weeks, and I ran. 20, 30, and 40, week one, week two, week three. And I would not do that again. Um, my liver values were <laughs> triple digits. I definitely did not see any added benefit. Um, and, and I will say Halo is, Halo and Methyltren are the two compounds. <clears throat> they made me feel just irritated, like just like just like not uncomfortable in my skin, can't relax. I've told this story, I think, in the past. I don't think I've told it here. The first time in my life I ever took Halo, my girlfriend and I were both getting ready for a show. I work all day long. She has this lady she's going to do some posing with. It's on the other side of the city. We printed off directions for MapQuest. This is how long ago this was. You know, So we've got like printed paper to figure out how to get there. No freeway. There's no freeway. So it's like turn left here, turn right here, turn left here. She's not great at driving, navigating, yet I worked all day. I figured she's got this. We're going to get there in 45 minutes based off of our printed directions. I eat my meal. I take one more meal with me. I pop my halo, figuring we're going to get there. She's going to pose. I'm going to get a workout in. We're both like one week out or under two weeks out yeah under two weeks out we get on that road dude we got so lost it took three and a half hours to get there by the time that halo kicked in 45 minutes in i wanted to rip that fucking dashboard out of the car and throw it through the window i mean i'm exaggerating but dude it was not a pleasant experience it's it's definitely up there for the aggression and anger stimulation. Definitely. <laughs> it wasn't like Tate. It was the opposite of taking a Valium. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those drugs as well where, well, like you say, you went up to 40 and didn't really see much benefit for the increased dose. It's one of those drugs where the toxicity soon starts to overpower the benefits if you go too high. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those drugs where you've got to watch it because it will soon get you very toxic and then actually start to work against what you're trying to achieve with the drug. But, yeah, you know, if you're weight-limited, strength sport, it's a nice little addition. Just don't run it for too long. Same same with bodybuilding. You last couple of weeks out, three weeks out, maybe at the touch. Yeah. Uh, and obviously it comes to its own in powerlifting as well. Um, but it's definitely an oral that needs a lot of respect and, and not something that people want to be jumping on off season and stuff like that. Great for MMA. Mm, yeah. Um, and I would have said wrestling in general, anything like that, wrestling, yeah. uh, anything that's weight categorized into 
needing power, explosive power. It'd be good, like, if we have a purge coming up here in 2021 when things really go bad. Like, take a halo before you go out into the riots. Oh, I'm 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 bottle of Milbaro and Halo and M train mixed. Definitely. Yeah, I'm gonna stay out of your yeah. way, Dave. And a, a pair of machine guns. Nice. In All fact, right. I'm, I'm I'm probably more sit on my ass in the back of a jeep with a fifty cow sort of person than run around with a machine gun in my hands. Let's be real. Me and you are gonna stay at home. We'll probably still podcast through the apocalypse. I mean, we did during the first one in in the 2020. So. <laughs> I'm just yeah, just just gonna close my curtains and pretend yes. it doesn't exist. Yes. As long as I've got coffee, I'm good. Yes. If you get me coffee, then I'm gonna start having problems and start getting itchy. And with that said, I'm still drinking my morning coffee. Let's do some listener questions, Dave. Okay. What do we got here? Uh, for starters, I'm over at the Advices Radio and Think Big Bodybuilding Media Group. Um, we're going to start out with, uh, let's see here, Peter. He says, it's long-winded. Thanks, Peter. Uh, if someone decided that they wanted to start GH, what uh, health markers, sides, warning signs should one keep an eye on and routinely monitor, and more specifically uh, for GH use? Uh, with gear, it's frequently talked about to watch out for one's labs, estrogen, cholesterol, da da, da. Yeah, so what should we pay attention to with growth? Before we answer this question, there is a major, major important thing we forgot about Halo. Oh, what's that? It makes your willy grow. What? Halo has shown to make your willy grow. You sure? You're not talking about, like, you see some a pretty girl. No, and- no I genuine straight up. Halo has shown to enlarge your willy, your penis. Huh, I don't know. Yeah? I never Which, heard that one. So for, well, actually, for you, it'd be really good because you're a complete knobhead. So if you took it, you'd grow all over. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. This is what I wake up and deal with first thing oh, in the morning, guys. He, he, he got some shit this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. And thank you to our great sponsor, TrueNutrition.com, for making this all possible. TrueNutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. High-quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of. Huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, TrueNutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code ADVICES, you directly support our podcasting. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. All right. Let's go back to the question here, Dave. Uh, growth hormone and health growth. workers. Um, most obvious one is obviously increased water retention resulting in increased blood pressure. Okay. Um, I'm probably the main one. Um other issues, not so much health markers, but side effects that can be problematic, joint pain, carpal tunnel type syndromes. Um, but the, the main issue is going to be based around water retention. That's going to be your main problem. Uh, Long term, you're going to start looking at insulin resistance yeah. uh, of that, things of that nature. Uh, but uh, it's not like an anabolic where you, you've got lots of different mechanisms that you need to watch, like cholesterol and, and blood pressure and blood thickness and all the rest of it. GH's main thing is based around water retention. Okay. Um, from its, its immediate negatives. 
Uh, I say more long term, you look at insulin resistance, but they're the two main things. Side effects wise, it can get incredibly painful for your hands, yeah. um, particularly your hands. Um, but I believe, well, I've never had it in my feet, but I have heard people complain about pain in the feet through growth hormone use. Yeah. But if you if you dose insensibly, you're only going to be on two, three, four IU every other day anyway. So you should negate a lot of these issues. Uh, the only time where I'd see, and I mean, the water retention can be used to your advantage. You combine high growth with high insulin, um, and you'll drive that water into muscular, and you'll you'll get a very rapid increase in muscular size. It won't be muscle tissue; it'll be water and glycogen. But that, you know, if you earn your living at your physique, that can be very, very beneficial. Yeah, doing a photo shoot or anything where you need to look large and in charge for the day, then obviously GH protocols, GH and slim protocols have their use. But mega dose and growth is not going to make you Mr. Olympia. It's just going to cost you a shitload of money. Yeah. Yeah. I would think, I would think, um, blood sugar, it would be yeah. the thing I'd probably look at the most. And, and that's what I'd want to monitor too throughout. Yeah, but I, wouldn't you say that that's going to be more of a, a problem that's going to raise its head a bit later on rather than early on? Yeah, but if you if you were to start and already have blood sugar issues, mm. you know what I mean. Okay, then it'd yeah. be that'd be a consideration, I think, going in. Um, <coughs> yep, yeah. uh, it's just going to lower that, you know, insulin sensitivity. Some disruption to thyroid, but that seems to be very person dependent. Yeah, and dose dependent too, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Obviously, wait, everything really is, isn't it? At the end of the day. Yeah, I was given you know information. You, you you've heard before to use and we've talked about this on the shows use t4 with growth hormone that you'll get more out of it that way type thing i um i used i so i gave it a try uh here and this wasn't too long ago because i use about 3.3 units a day of uh caffeine branded uh generics basically high quality growth though and um i added in the 50 and i ended up starting getting headaches almost immediately Hmm. I, I'm sensitive to thyroid for some reason. Did uh, you do any any sort of test, like check blood pressure or anything else, to see if you could get behind what was driving it? Or did yeah, you blood pressure was okay up? at the time, but I, oh, I stopped okay. using it. I just I've gotten that before. Just I'll get a throbbing hmm. headache from thyroid hormone. So uh, until I get used to it, but I did, I figured you know what, man, I don't need this right now, so I, I dropped it. <laughs> yeah, I can't be asked with this. All right. What else do we have here? We had one in the live feed. If you guys have any questions you want to post up in the live feed, feel free. Um, let's see. Tore a muscle calf eight months ago. Um, getting loads of rest and bandage the muscle now. Uh, I fear my doctor will get me surgery because the injuries keep coming back and I'm sick of it. Uh, what can I do to fix this once and for all? Um, I would be curious as to whether you were actually physically tearing the muscle repeatedly or if it was scar tissue that was releasing. Um, huh. The calves are incredibly dense, incredibly, incredibly dense fiber. And as a result, they can get incredibly knotted and it is very difficult to release them. Huh. Um, one of the reasons why calf shots are so painful, if anyone's ever had the, the, the craziness to, to go there. No. I used to like them, but um, mm. anyway. 
because uh, it's such a densely padded. It is the densest muscle you have, I believe, followed by the forearm being the second densest muscle we have. Huh, okay. Which, again, is why when we get tightness in the forearm, it is so annoying and painful and debilitating. Yeah, and I would not do forearm uh, shots either. So I would recommend deep tissue work, and it's probably going to take quite a bit. Uh, I don't think stretching will be enough on its own. Uh, the other thing is to potentially look at why are you repeatedly injuring. And though there may be issues within the muscle, i.e. tightness and scar tissue buildup and such like, are you hydrated? Are you on top of electrolytes? Is your electrolyte balance good? Are you flexible? Are you stretching? Are there other muscles that are throwing tension into the calves because the hamstrings are tight, because the glutes are tight? Is your whole posterior chain? driving more load into the car than it really should be having. So there's other things you need to look at behind the mechanisms that are causing the injuries in the first place, as well as working on reconditioning the muscle. Um, Calves are big, hard, stubborn muscles, though it's not. I mean, I've torn mine a couple of times, little partial tears. Um, It does happen, but uh, stretching and and release work, and they should come back pretty quick, but it's going to hurt. Release work on your calves when they're tight is not a pleasant experience. Yeah. All right. We've got nothing to add there. I'll move on to the next one, and good luck, Andy. Um, Let's see. Your opinion on recommending strong orals in pre-training setting only uh, for performance enhancement when athlete on injectable cycle for recovery and muscle gain. And some of those in pre-training setting only for performance enhancement when they're not Well, uh, if you're looking for a performance oral, we've just discussed one. Yes, we did, didn't we? <laughs> it's probably top of the tree when it comes to performance orals. Yeah. Um, in your chair. In your chair. No. What else we got? He didn't there? know we were going to oh. talk about that, though. He wrote this question. No, early. no, true. I'm just just saying we have be to nice, be nice up. to our listeners. I, our, I, Dave, I am being nice. There are guests. I just Dave. said we have already discussed one. The okay. other one I would potentially look at is oxymethylo. Sorry, drawl. Thank as you, Daff Yanks, like to call it drawl. Yeah, that's what that's what doctors call it too. Anadrol is a trade name. It is not a chemical name. Oxymethylone is its chemical name. Otherwise, oxys. Thank hey, you. Dave, remember when you said you lived in Yorkshire? That was a I good day. I live in Yorkshire. Yes. <laughs> I live in Yorkshire. <laughs> you did it again. No, I said I live in Yorkshire. <laughs> Do you guys hear the first time he said that? I I cannot help but have to tolerate your inability to speak English. Let's uh let's roll that back for just a second on the recorded version of this show. No, we're not rolling anything back. Just carry on with the show. Stop wasting the viewers' time. We rolled it back, Dave. We no, rolled it back. Just just <laughs> Scott's all happy because he squatted two hundred and thirty pounds this week. <laughs> oh, Yes, I'm up to 2.30, guys. Um, what else do we have here? Looks like another growth hormone question. Are two to three units of growth, no insulin, enough for fat burning and recovery? And how is the best way to utilize it? Timing, etc. I wouldn't, I've never, I, a lot of people go really big into timing when it comes to GH. 
do it early morning, do it faster this, do it that, do it the other. I like PM. I always have done. But it does need to be away from food. You don't want an insulin spike around when you're taking your GoFormer. It's going to disrupt his action. But otherwise, as long as you're 45 minutes or so clear from food, it's down to what suits you. I always found if I took three AU, two, three AU in the morning, I'd be asleep by fucking 12 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, I just, it, it didn't work for me. So I, I stuck to eating it. Uh, and I, I found it beneficial. But uh, I think probably the best growth hormone run I ever had was six IU of Antonym every other day. Okay. Um, was it four or six? I can't remember exactly, to be quite honest. Um, and, and yeah, I really did well off that from a point of view of condition and fullness. Um, I mean, I've gone stupidly high, but I've seen no benefit to it. When I met you, you told me you're getting ready to run your next cycle. This is back mm-hmm. in the under construction days. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go crazy with the gear, but I am going to run like 25 units of farm grade growth. 27 I ended up running. It's a lot of growth. Yeah. A day. That's a lot of growth. I was getting up at two o'clock in the middle of the night to take growth shots. And you were falling asleep all day, right? Yeah. Fucked constantly. Yeah. All right. But it was hard. I mean, at that point, it's hard to say, is it the growth or is it just the fact that you're walking around at 900, 400 pounds? You, you want to sleep constantly. <laughs> yeah, right. Best, best exercise for isolating the teardrop. That's a good one. Leg extension. Toes out, leaning forward. Yeah. Lean forward. That makes the world a difference. You know, what's weird is when I lean forward, I, it goes further up the quad for me. Yeah. If I lean forward, it's up here. What do you mean? Lean, so how are you leaning forward in the chair? Like this. If I lean forward, and you find it further up. You can, yeah, you're I, the first person here. that I've ever, ever that I've ever known say that. If I lean back, then it travels down the thigh more, and I get it. You're just more. not. You're just not built probably, are you? You're just not. You've been saying stuff like that to me all my life, Dave. Well, you are. I mean, you're the first person out of the thousands of people I've trained that has ever said. If he leans forward, he finds it goes up the quad. Everyone else, like, I know it diverts it down towards the teardrop. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's like there's more pressure down toward the knee the more I lean back. I don't know. Maybe it's just like, maybe, I mean, I I would, obviously, the the angle of the seat on the leg extension you're using is going to play some role into this. Sure, sure. By leaning forward, I've always found it isolated and puts more load and emphasis around the kneecap area. The other exercise you can do, which is a bitch, is the sissy hack squat. Yeah. Um, Is that one of Dante's? I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 a modern exercise, so it's one that's been made up in more recent times. It's done on a Smith's machine, and it is fucking awful. What's the difference between just a traditional sissy squat? So with a sissy hack, what you do is on a Smith's machine, you have a block that you're onto, you're stood on in the first place. Mm-hmm. You, you have the bar tucked underneath your ass. Oh, okay. Uh, and you go down, but as you go down, your knees are going forward, you're coming up on your toes. 
Yeah, yeah. And you keep the bar held underneath your backside. Okay. Which is obviously what a free bar hack squat is. A free bar hack squat is where you hold the bar under your ass and do a squat. Yeah. The difference is in this, you're going up on your toes and allowing your knees to travel right forward. Now, I watched a, <coughs> I watched a, a Developing Your Legs video or Why Your Legs Aren't Growing video, something like that that John Meadows put out. This was, uh, I'm going to guess, five, six months ago now. I've always been a fan of full range of motion on movements. Mm-hmm. I like going really deep on my squats, and I love a hack squat that you can just bury it with. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I've been focusing on that even more after John had said, he said that if you don't go full depth, he's like a lot of times that's what brings out that lower thigh. So you end up with like a chicken leg if you don't, where guys who don't squat that deep, they have more mass up top and then their legs get skinnier as it goes down. Yes, I agree completely. And you can see it straight away, straight away, big ass, big thigh, and then it just tapers to nothing very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And if I think about it, Look at the way Tom Platts did his exercises. He went so deep, and and his leg almost seemed to get wider, you know, at at the bottom. It was crazy. I'm I'm not sure Tom is a fair example. I mean, that is sure. one freak of nature. Yeah. But yeah. then, you know, quads quads are a very well, probably the most difficult body part to grow. And the reason they're the most difficult body part to grow is because they are the most demanding. Yeah, they are. You know, squatting heavy, leg pressing heavy, hat squats, going any of that sort of movement to failure is is almost an old body workout. It is that demanding. You don't get that with other body parts. You do to a degree with back. Yeah. Um, but they're the two big ones. Uh, and, and I've always said you can tell someone who knows how to train or trains hard because they have good legs and they have a good back. Absolutely. Yeah. Because they're the two body parts that require really more effort than anything else. You've got to be able to go balls if you want to get them fuckers to grow. Yeah. Uh, and, and legs is scary as well. I mean, huh. you know, you're getting under a squat bar that's got 300 kilo plus on it, and you you start stepping back with that, and, and you can feel your hips doing this. <laughs> and it's like, fuck, oh, if this goes wrong, it's going to hurt a lot. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that's one of the problems with legs is you're in exercises and positions where you feel very vulnerable because you're underneath the weight. Yeah. You know, if I'm pulling a heavy deadlift and it goes Pete Tong, I just drop the thing on the floor. Right. Um, whereas, obviously, if I fuck up on a thousand pound, you know, a thousand kilo leg press, I'm pinned. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I, if I fuck up on a squat, I, I can be a mess. And, uh, so I think that fear aspect that comes into it makes it a little bit harder to train legs mentally mm-hmm. because you're not only fighting against the discomfort and the pain that legs generate, but you're also fighting over that fear factor of potential injury when you start pushing big loads. For sure. For sure. We I mean, gotta, you look, sorry, go on. Oh, well, I was going to say we had a follow-up question that we could tie into this uh, from Walter. He said best exercises to focus on the outside quad and quad sweep. So carry on. Tell me what you're going to say. But I figured we just kind of try to work that in, too, because it, it makes sense in the conversation. Yeah, uh, I was going to say that that day or that video that you see Ronnie Coleman doing the 800-pound squats. Fuddy. Fuddy. Pack it in. Now. Um, it's your fault, you, guys. You know, as, as a bodybuilder at his level of competition, yeah, uh, I'm shocked he even attempted them. 
because they were career-ending squats. Oh, God, And he yeah. says... He says he's never, never done it before. It was the first time he'd ever had 800 pounds on his back. Yeah. Uh, but you do need to go and push the limits if you want big legs. You know, there's no, I don't think there's anyone built legs by taking it easy. Yeah. I mean, Platts used to do insane drop sets. Yeah, he did. Absolutely insane drop. And from big, I mean, what he used to do sets of 20 with 405, didn't he? And all sorts of mad stuff. Yeah. Um, going to quad sweep. There's a there's an emi- there's a, an element of limitation through genetics. So I was thinking the do, same thing. We we do have you know there is you do have a, a sort of predetermined element to shape of a muscle. Yep. Uh, uh, and many will claim you can't change the shape of a muscle. Uh, I I get the point, and to a point, I agree with it. But I think you can maximize your development to make the most of your muscular shape, which would appear to anyone else that you're changing the physical shape of a muscle. Um, I mean, I changed the shape of my biceps. I didn't. I just learned to train them through a greater range and realized that the little quarter of an inch at the bottom and the inch and a half at the top that I was missing actually made a huge difference to the shape of my bicep. Um, so like you, I'm a big one for full range. Um, and obviously, generally, feet together, knees together are going to put more load on the outer edge. But you're always going to be limited to what genetically you've been gifted with. Yeah, and I think that for that reason, um, I, and I have said this a couple of times recently on the shows. I think I mentioned it on Bodybuilding Nerds Radio. I'm seeing a lot of guys who are, I'll say, like intermediate level to, you know, verging on advanced who have developed some legs, but they've spent so much time squatting with their feet close, leg pressing with their feet close, that their their outer sweep has developed much more than their inner thigh. And I feel like a lot of us end up with shallow adductors and that we don't have a complete leg because we're so focused on, one, on, on keeping those feet closer together. The closer you keep your feet in, the less that inner thigh is going to work. In my thought, I'm almost going to the mindset of squat at shoulder width, you know, do this for years, leg press at shoulder width. Don't try to focus on one or the other. Just try to build the entire leg because, mm-hmm. you know, as you said, Dave, it is there is a genetic factor. How much sweep you have, how round that is, you know, it you're going to you're going to have it or you're not. You know, it, it's something, that you, you know, you're going to see. The other you thing know. is learn to pose to your advantage as well. Sure, sure. Because you can you can hide a multitude of sins if you learn to pose to what suits your body shape and maximize what suits your body shape. Okay. He says uh, he also asks uh, powerlifting rep range or bodybuilding. He says he's he says uh, what is this? I ask because I'm hitting uh, one sixty five to five hundred but in the ranges of five low end and two to three high end. No, I, I would, my rule of thumb for mass was six to eight. Okay. Which is very old school, very traditional, very sort of seventies and eighties mindset. But I would without very instinctively throw in twenties, thirties, even higher. Yeah. If I felt like it. So, though my basic structure, uh, how I sort of built 
built my workouts was first couple of sets, 12, 10 reps, lots of feel, quite slow, make sure I'm feeling it. Go up in sets of six till I get to my failure set. And then once I'd done that first heavy failure set, it was very much whatever. So I might reduce by 40% and, and do sets of 15 or 20 or 25 or even more. Yeah. I might turn that failure set into a drop set. I might turn it into a multi-drop set. Um, I've, I've done stuff as starting at 800 kilo on a leg press and finishing with 200 kilo on a leg press and failing yeah. with, with reps in the range of 60 plus. Just, you know, lost all count. No idea where I was. Just, just all I was doing was push, 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 because that's all I was told to do. Yeah. Um, I'm just switching off to everything but my training partner telling me, just push, just push. I puked on myself. I nearly pissed myself on those sort of sets. It, it, it was not uncommon. But well, You've done that, that just this morning on the podcast. Well, I, I, I tend to – I nearly weed myself for the other night. I, yeah. I was laid in bed asleep, and I dreamt I'd gone for a piss. <laughs> That's a fatal error. <laughs> I know. I just, just woke up, and they're just at the top, like, oh, shit, no, quick fuck. Um, I, I have a client who uh, sent me a video. He squatted one rep with five plates. And he told me that that had been this ultimate goal of his, that he wanted yeah. to do that. But his goal is to grow better legs. Yes, you're going to build more strength that way. But I told him I would rather see him take a weight he could handle that was heavy that he could do like, you know, six reps with, eight reps with, and then learn to do that for 20. And that if he could, he could do that for 20, his legs would be bigger. I, I get the point, but I do think that sometimes it's just good for the soul. What's that, going, I, going for that heavy single? Yeah, I mean, I, I had a love-hate relationship with 300 kilo on the squat for a very long time. Yeah. It, it was sort of almost my nemesis in that. Um, in my younger days, before I did the pec tear and had a big layoff, I used to squat 340 for reps. Okay. Um, and then for some reason, 340 became this big problem. Yeah. And I could rep 260, uh, and I've always been of the school that you go up in plates. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, once you could rep 260, next next weight was 300. There was nothing in between. Yeah. Uh, every now and again, you might put a 10 on, which was a half. But, um, and I could comfortably rep 260. But 300 was just a big mental challenge. And I kept going back to it and going back to it and going back to it. Uh, I told my hamstring mm. with it. I told my quad with it. And it just seemed to be an emesis. But, it, it's, but at the same time, I was repping 405 for 15 to 20, depending on how good I felt on the day. Okay. Um, so it, it was, but yeah, there are, we do get these weights that we, we can sometimes get a little bit obsessed with, even as bodybuilders. Um, but at the same time, there is no feeling like stepping out with a weight you've never used, sinking it and bringing it back up. You know that. Just be careful, guys. I mean, don't, you know, don't, don't get hurt. That's it. I think your risk goes up, but the, I mean, this is a, a sport of, of risk, does. you know? I mean, this is what we were saying. We said earlier on about Ronnie Coleman. The risk he took to his career and physique by doing that 800-pound squat was, was astronomical. Yeah. And I, I think as you get older, you, you become more hyper-aware of injuries and you start getting more cautious. Yeah. But, I mean, you did that 320-pound squat the other day for a, a PV and we're all excited about it and messaged me. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, 230 pounds, not 320. Yes, um, you're getting your numbers all confused. I now. am a dyslexic. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, technically we are bodybuilders or, you know, we, we're in the sport to build muscle, not yeah. to set weight records. Anyway, going off strap here, aren't we? Sorry. All right. Juan says, um, if I compete in August, uh, what is your recommended dosage to gain 20 pounds in four months? He also adds asking for a friend. I, let me jump in and start this one, Dave. I'm going to say, so if he's in August, we have, what, nine months, eight months right now. You don't you don't have a ton of time. I think he's already in like decent shape right now. But realistically, you're going to have to start dieting. You have two months. You have two months to put on that muscle before you need to start dieting. I would say that at the end of the day, you can put on mass between now and August. There's no question about it. What do you got? That's eight months. He doesn't need a six-month diet. Well, listen, dude. You need to start focusing on fat loss, okay? Well, it depends on current condition, but... I think he's in decent shape. Like, I think I think he's already in decent shape. But are you going to be in a surplus and gain the most... Are you going to gain 20 pounds, whatever you said? I think that your main thing is to keep it cleaner. You've got a few months here where you could try to push it a little bit, but at the end of the day, you don't have a, you don't have enough time to gain that much. Keep it clean. Focus on growing as you get leaner. And I think that the leaner you are going into the show, the better chance you have of holding the most muscle possible. But now is not the time where you're going to gain the most mass you've ever gained. I don't think. Slightly disagree, but I, I, not in the sense of holding condition and being lean and staying lean and not getting fat for the sake of it and all the rest of it. But I think you can get a, I think you can get a three month off season in there with a four to six week cruise, if you're lean enough to go into a. You like you like sixteen twenty week preps, don't you? I like to take it slow, but when I say yes, yeah. I would say twenty weeks. But when I say twenty weeks, that doesn't mean that we're going to start hitting the cardio at twenty weeks. It Obviously. means that we're going to try to get as much food in you as we possibly can while not getting fatter. Get your metabolism mm -hmm. moving. Get you used mm -hmm. to eating as much as possible if you're not already. Um, volumize that muscle, but also focus on on keeping tight. You know. See, it, a lot, I suppose, would depend on the level of development at this stage. And, and not only True. that, but the level of development in line with the, the genetic potential at this stage. True. In eight months, I have seen people stick 20, 20 pound on. Um, and be the leanest? Pound stage weight. No, it related to about 10, 12 pound stage weight. So it wasn't a ridiculous amount of excessive gain. Yeah. Um, but that is rare. And they are genetically gifted individuals with incredibly strong work ethics. Most people that have been competing or been around bodybuilding for sort of six or seven years with, with a good five years of, of drug uses under their belt, they're going to do well if they're going to gain 10, 12 pounds on stage weight in a year. Yeah. That's good. That's very good progress. Um, someone in the UK, Springsteen, Matt Tofton, he, I think he did 10 pounds last year. Uh, and and the, the physical differences in his physique look much, much more. Yeah. You know, it doesn't look 10 pound. It looks like 15, 20 pound. It, it looks so much better and so much bigger. Um, so 20 pound of muscle is a physique transforming muscle Absolutely. Uh, amount. I mean, you're going from 
that's, that's a very dramatic change. £20 of off-season weight is a completely different story. Sure. That might Which be a few pounds. Be, that might only relate to, like you say, two, three, four, five pounds stage weight, depending on, on how tight you are and how strict you are. Yeah. So I, a lot depends on his current condition, but I, I think he can get a, 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 a 10-week off-season in there and enough room to, to squeeze in if condition is reasonable. His but question, again, though, is dosage. Uh, that's I, I, I'm not even going to answer that, and I know that sounds awful. Oh, that's all right. Why? That, that's so individual. Yeah. Um, generally, most people that I have pretty good and pretty successful off-seasons with that have probably got two, three years, four years of training, two, three years of usage under the belt, I, I can get decent progress out of them off-season between a gram and a gram and a half. Okay. Uh, I have a couple of clients that want to push it a little bit further, so they're in the two, two and a half gram range. I don't really have anything, anybody that going over that. Um, and I, I'm reluctant at two and a half. I think that's a fucking big dose. Yeah, I go I even a lot first, lower with people, yeah, especially I, I think this I, guy's I only tend, done a couple cycles. I tend to be, keep keep people around the gram mark. Um, okay. I don't tend to go over that much. Uh, but, you know, I've got, I've got a couple of guys that are 130 kilo, 10, 15 years of usage, and yeah. they just want to really push it, which is fine. And, you know, we have long discussions about the pluses and minuses of, of what they're doing and, and everything else. But to, I'm, I'm actually speaking to a lot at the moment. I'm not going to mention any names, but he's got very drug-focused, or it would appear he's got very drug-focused. Okay. Um, and he's wanted me to plan a cycle for him, which is fine. I'm more than happy to do it, but his last cycle was two and a half gram. And he's wanting to go more, and it's like, no, I, I just can't do it. I yeah. just won't do it because I don't think it's necessary. There's um, something missing there. If that's what you need, you know, there's another component that's not correct. If you need to go, you know, higher and higher and higher like that. You know, I I work with pros, and I know some of the doses, and they 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 range so widely depending on the genetic development of the individual. Yeah. So I, I know some pros that um, stupid dosing, five hundred, six hundred mg a week, yeah. and they're growing. And, oh yeah. And then I I know three that have just done cycles of four and a half gram, hmm. um, and they've grown as well. So it, it's a dose is very personal. It's very developmental in where you are in your stage of development. Yeah, and it, it, it's very much down to risk reward. I mean, I I pushed my doses up to four and a half gram. Did I need to? Well, probably not. Did I need it for the speed of growth I was trying to achieve? I could argue yes. Whether I did or not is impossible to say because I can't go back and do it again. Yeah. Um. It was. It probably was unnecessary. It probably was. Um. I could have probably gained the mass slower, albeit, but on on lower doses. Okay, but uh, you don't know these things until you play with them. The only problem is you just got to be careful they don't bite you on the ass when you are playing with them. Right, so gotta... he, going well, going back to the lad's dosage, I would suggest that he looks at his previous dosages and his previous progress, and potentially, if he's going to increase, increase a small amount from where he's gone before. Yeah. Uh, and, and also potentially suggest that he gets some support and help from a third party that, that may benefit him in a coaching perspective. How about this one? 
not a question, but a suggestion. Could you guys review UGLs? It's a minefield of fake reviews and hearsay on the forums. Why is that? I mean, I agree with you, but why is that? Because it doesn't matter how good or how shit the lab is, as soon as you open your mouth, somebody will start saying that you are on the take, you are getting a backhander, <laughs> you are supporting this lab, you are supporting that lab, and it just ends up being a shitstorm. Yeah. Um, I would love to give honest UGL reviews. It's a little bit difficult because I don't use the shit anymore. Yeah. Um, yes, I know people, so obviously I, we can talk to, to people about who use labs and what they think. But 50%, well, probably a lot more, actually, of users wouldn't know good gear if it walked up and spat in the face. Yeah. Because uh, they've always had shit gear and they have shit progress and they just think that that's good for them. Um, I have my opinions on labs, but they stay in my opinions. <laughs> Walter asks, get... how much you charge for coaching? All of it. Reach out to him. Go to crosslands.org.uk, right? Um, I generally charge a flat rate of a hundred pound a month. Okay, which which is, I suppose, reasonably middle of the road price wise. I yeah, that's not bad. Scott charges about two thousand a month. Two thousand a month, uh, yeah, and you get um, autograph pictures of Dave, nude pictures, nude pictures of Dave uh, that he sends me. Anytime Dave texts me a nude picture, I forward it to you. That's what you get. Yep, and. I can tell you that I need to use lots of Halo, so that'll give you an idea of the content of the picture. Lots of Halo. <laughs> <laughs> Took uh, a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it better to blast in cruise if you are going to get back on later, or is it better to just come off of everything and then get back on later? I had a 21-year-old um, kid asking me this question who's run one cycle. This guy is not this person, but I think it varies. You know what I mean? It comes up a lot, does it? Uh, it comes up a hell of a lot. One of the first issues is, one, how long are you planning to have off? Yeah. If you're going to be off six weeks, then you're not going to PCT. It's stupid. It, it's just going to put you through a roller coaster of turmoil, which is just unnecessary. Go on to a cruise and then move on. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to take some decent time off, and I would suggest that that needs to be at least minimum six weeks post-PCT, ideally more. And that is from the point that your PCT has completely finished and done and dusted, which is probably going to equate to somewhere around 12 to 14 plus weeks off cycle. Then a PCT is potentially viable. Um, but also the other factor in here is blood. Yeah. If, if you're up, to speed with your bloods and you are seeing that certain levels are becoming abhorrent or, or problematic, then obviously you may need to just PCT for the simple reason is you need some downtime. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but again, that also, if you've been blasting and cruising for four years, then going into a PCT is, is pretty hopeful to say the least. Um, because you're going to struggle to recover if you've been shut down for three, four years. Yeah, um, and that it's not that you 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 cannot because I have seen people recover, but it's taken them very extended periods of time. So it, there's lots of factors to think about with this: how long you've been on, how long you've been shut down, is recovery possible? How long you're going to have a post PCT? Where you are with your health markers, and all these things are going to play into your decision. Um, 
Blast Cruise is very, very popular. And all I'll say on that is if you are going to Blast Cruise, please cruise at a sensible dose. 300 mega a week is not a cruise. And no, you don't need more because you've done a cycle and you've gained five pounds. You are not that massive. Chill. Do a proper TRT cruise. George White says, no question. Just thanks for the great show. It's developed into a must listen. Merry Christmas to you both. George lives in the UK as well. In fact, he lives in the good part of the UK. He's like in London. Where? We're actually like. It's a shithole. It's where the, like, that's the real city, Dave. No, that's full of southerners. It's a good area. That's a good area to be. It's not. It's full of southerners. Shandy, warm beer drinking, faggoty southerners. <laughs> you guys don't drink warm beer up there? We're up north. Where it's cold, so. We, we drink whiskey. Oh, okay. So warm beer, that's a thing, isn't it? Not real well, no. What it is, our draft beers aren't chilled. Yeah, okay. Generally speaking. So proper cascale, proper, you know, old-fashioned brewed beer isn't chilled, whereas sort of lagers and some of the more modern ones are chilled. Okay. Obviously, Americans drink watered-down water that's been chilled because they're too lightweight to drink a proper drink. But I think we drink a lot of Canadian beer here. I don't drink myself anymore, but the good beers here in Detroit, a lot of them are from Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we do the microbrew thing now here. That's real popular. Yeah, we've we've seen a lot more independent breweries pop up. Uh, some of them have got very successful and, and very, very large. But I'm talking out my arse. Did I say that right? Arse? Yes, arse. Uh, arse. You're always talking out your arse. Because I don't, I don't drink. Just went over to Wigan over the weekend. What's Wigan? <laughs> Wigan's a shithole. That's what Wigan is. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It's a northern city town, um, very industrial, not particularly pleasant, uh, not particularly um, luxurious. Okay. It's a bit rough and ready. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. What else do we uh, have here? Do you know anything about um, Modafinil? Do you know, to relate to, Wigan's probably on a par with Hamilton. Hamilton in Canada? Yeah. I haven't been to Hamilton. No, but it's a bit of a shithole. Okay. <laughs> One of my drug stories came out of, um, what is that place called? Kent something, Kent. I can't remember the name of it. Where is that? Uh, Chatham, Kent. That's in Windsor. $70,000, $90,000 in cocaine and anabolic steroids seized. Chatham so this Kent. is very confusing because we have a Chatham in England. I'm sure it's named Obviously, after that, you know? Yeah, we have a county of Kent in England, So it, and, and, and Chatham's a bit of a dump as well, actually. Modafinil. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, I, I know very little about it. Um, it's not a drug I've really looked at. I know I know it can be habit-forming. I, I know there's, there's definitely a growing number of people getting into difficulty with it, but I also know that if you're sensible, it can be quite dramatically beneficial. Here's what he asks. Uh, can you cycle between modafinil and AR modafinil to keep tolerance from developing um, from using just one? Now, what I've seen is there are these analogs 
like the AR and the FL modafinil mm-hmm. and adrafinil, they um they do all the same thing, but it'll be like this converts to this in your system. So I would think it's all gonna it's all gonna end up the same more or less. Some of them have actual um, liver toxicity. I wouldn't think that by switching from one to the other, it would change anything, you know, as far as tolerance. This one's on you. Once again, talking up my arse. Well, your face does look like your arse, so. This is what I got up early for, guys, right here. No, you got up early for your 230-pound squat. 50-50 banter and serious. Best compound to grow a massive beard like Dave. Right. What did has you use to grow idea, your beard? Has anyone any idea how long I've been growing this beard for? Since you were 13. Yes. 13. Not far off. Really? I've been, grow- I've been growing this beard 11 years. So you were like 60 and, when you started it? And that is as long as it's got. So you started that when you were 60. Is what you're so, telling me right now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's it's. I am definitely not a success story when it comes to growing beards. <laughs> in fact, I'm quite pathetic when it comes to growing beard. The strange thing is, if I grow the sides in, they'll be out here and I'll look like Ahmed the terrorist within two weeks. But you could hardly bit, look like that because it's red. You would look like some sort of crazy UK you lumberjack. Seen the the gin, ginger Muslim guy. No. I have a search on YouTube for the ginger Muslim guy. Okay. Um, I don't like know him, exactly huh? his name. But he's got a big ginger Muslim sort of styled beard. And he, he, he's, he is a Muslim. He's a white guy, but he's a Muslim. And um, he rants on, on YouTube. But anyway, yeah, it grows in really quick on sides. But this, uh, to be honest, beard growing, I haven't got a clue. I really haven't. If, in fact, if anyone can give me some tips... Because this is this is embarrassing for the period of time I've had it, and it's it's really thick here, and then it's like pathetic and scraggly and sort of anorexic down here. We could get you extensions. Uh, well, it seems to sort of naturally lend itself to doing that. That's a nice look. I like that. For some reason, it doesn't seem to want to grow together. It seems to want to grow like oh, this Yosemite Sam mustache on my chin, doesn't it? It kind of does, doesn't it? There was a study mm-hmm. I just heard on the radio yesterday that said salesmen with big, luscious beards were believed to be more trustworthy and more um, knowledgeable than their shaven counterparts. I can sort of believe that because you, if you were to describe a slick, slimy salesman, it would be shaven, black, slick back hair. Yeah. So, you know, it wouldn't be big guy with a big full beard and that's Santa Claus, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's the figures that we've always <coughs> um always sort of related to as being friendly and being warming and trustworthy. Yeah. I mean even stuff like what was that program years ago where the the there was the bear called Ben and he lived with a bloke with a big beard. I don't know. Did you just make that up? Because I never saw that. No, program. you're you're not as young as you look. So don't be giving me that shit. Uh, Grizzly yeah. Adams or something like that. I've heard of that. And it, it was basically it was about a bloke who lived in a wooden hut who had a had a grizzly bear for his best mate. 
And okay. he had a big bushy beard. And like he was me. A really nice bloke. That's like us. Uh, are you trying to insinuate that I'm a grizzly bear now? <laughs> yes. All right. What else do we have here? Um, uh, anything on the live feed here? I think we maybe had one more. I'm going to scroll around here. Um, I thought we had something else. We got to that one. We got to that one. That that might be it. You know what we need, Dave? We I need, need to go anyway, so it will have to be, I'm afraid. Perfect. We need a steroid profile for next week. So if you guys have any suggestions and you're still watching, you made it all the way to the end of the show, then hook well us up. Well done, you. Yes. All three of you. We need what steroid. I think we should start doing is giving stars to people that make it to the end of the show. And then okay. at the end of the year, they can redeem their stars for a prize. Like a bottle of Anadrol. Like one of my old socks. One of your old socks. Yeah. They get to like walk Fuddy. for. They get to spend an hour with Fuddy. You can, yeah. They could watch him during the show. Take him for a walk can, while we record. I, I would do Fuddy Cam, but seeing as he's been voted that he's, he has to go, he, he's, he, we can't do Fuddy Cam, so he'll have to go. Hmm. All right. Maybe George White could take care of him while you're doing the show. He's only, I mean, England is such a small area. He could just pop, pop on up, pop up for an hour on Mondays or Tuesdays, whatever it's this Tuesdays, day is. We, you don't even know when we record the show, do you? Oh, Prima Bowlin. Maybe we'll do Prima Bowlin. That's what Matt Boston says. But So we haven't done New Year's resolutions. Oh, shit. Following his program format. We we haven't done the Olympia because Scott's useless at doing any program format. So uh, this really has been a bit of a shit show. <laughs> okay, well, really quick. What's your resolution, Dave? I need to sort my life out physically. You need to sort a lot of stuff out. I'm glad you came to that conclusion because that's what... No, I'm not. I'm not so bad, but I, I do need to sort my life out physically. So I, I am doing um, regards work-wise and stuff. That's fine. Everything's where it sort of needs to be, COVID permitting. Yes. Um, always, always need more clients. Always. But, yes. Uh, but yes, George, go north again. It'll do you good. It'll put airs on your chest. Um, but I, um, you know, always, always looking for more clients. But from the point of view of Eval and, and that, got a nice, got some good plans in place. I think that's going to develop very well. So from a business point of view, well, you know, there's, there's plans there. Personally, I really need to sort myself out physically. Yeah. Mentally, I'm fine. Uh, I've got no issues that side of things. I'm quite content. I've heard that's half the problem. I am very content. So, Richard no... and I would disagree with that. Pardon? Richard and I would disagree with that that you're mentally well. That fine. mentally, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. We both would. We're gonna we're gonna have an intervention on one of these okay. episodes. Richard and I are gonna get together. We're gonna right okay. talk to you talk to you because we care about you. So you're talking about Richard that has an adrenaline junkie death wish with speed, and then yourself who's just squatted 230 pounds and is all excited about it. Going to have an intervention on my mental health. Yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay. Except for I don't know where you got this 230 pound squat from. You messaged me this morning and said, I've done 230 pounds. <laughs> and now you're trying to claim it was something to do with body weight. Yeah, right, whatever. Okay, okay. You're not, a, you're, not, you're not a pound over 180. Don't even give me that rubbish. All right. Do you want to hear my uh, resolutions, Dave? Go on do you then, care? Yes, 
Actually, I, I don't. Actually. I I don't know of many of them right now. I do. I do have one. Is going to be to build a website for my coaching because I've always just okay. done word of mouth. I've never built mm-hmm. a website for my coaching before, and then I have people because I don't always talk about it on the shows. But I mean, obviously, that's my main income. You know, believe it or not, I'm not making a lot of money here hanging out with Dave. Dave's not making money hanging out with me. I mean, granted, it does help with our businesses, but. We do this because we um, we're best love friends you. ever. Yes, because we love each other. So uh, that is going to be one of my resolutions. But I'm going to have to simmer on it a little bit and think some more because it, usually I have a few. I have some business ones, have some personal ones, and uh, take it from there. You know, I, I've yeah. I mean, I've not really, I've not really sat and considered it at any length. It is something I do actually like most people. You reflect over the Christmas period and you start to look at things. Yeah. Um, but it is the business stuff has sort of been ongoing development and we had a meeting yesterday or the day before that was fruitful, um, which would see us develop alongside another company. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, more clinic based stuff, particularly with IVs. So it's another company that will be owning clinics and we'll be sharing them with them. Okay. Um, and then obviously on a personal note, Generally speaking, I'm, I'm fairly content, but I do know that I could be in much better physical condition. So, I, you know. I think that's a great goal. That's a great goal. I, I just need to sort it. It's just biting the bullet and doing something. But motivation is not the highest, I must admit, for, for that side of things. Yeah. But I could do get, something this I'll next year. I could do something to improve my mental health because I feel like I've been in a funk for 2020 being spending a lot more time alone that it's it's instead of instead of like just wallowing in that maybe putting in a plan to maybe change it you know i think that i could probably do more than i have to improve it's, my mental health with quarantine stuff and all that you know the the best thing you can do in these situations is work towards a goal yeah even even if that goal doesn't have any immediate reward so so for argument's sake we've had a shitload of downtime yeah and yet most of us have wasted it yeah where uh, because we've sat there worrying about the downtime or we've sat there concerned about how it's affecting us instead of thinking you know what i can learn about this i could learn about that i could build a website yeah i took a you class dave yeah but you could have had it built by now I took a class. Well done. Yeah, it's a uh, it uh, it it's so, need, think, needle needle work for beginners or carry concealed weapon. Or? Carry concealed carry weapon. Carry weapon. I did. Yeah. <laughs> we could do that here in the states. Yeah, we can't do that here. Um, but no, you know, it, it's one of the big approaches to these sort of things is to try and create positivity out of the negativity of the situation, and it's not easy. It, yeah. it isn't easy, but You've just got to start with something. Yeah. You know, it's just just anything. Um, I mean, I went through it, and obviously there was health concerns with the of pneumonia and fucking blood clots and COVID and everything else. Yeah, I thought we were going to lose you for a minute there, Dave. I wasn't sure. Um, I must admit, when I started thinking I might have COVID, I started to think that this could be life-threatening because of what had gone before with the pneumonia and the blood clots on my lungs. Yeah. And as it happened, it wasn't that. I mean, it was rough, but it was just a, a very severe flu in the way it was rough. It wasn't 
it was quite strange symptoms, but I mean, a temperature of 41 is, is, is pretty hefty, but I only had it for a few hours. It was like 105 here, guys. Yeah, I only had it for a few hours, so it never really became a concern. Um, you never told us that, by the way. You just announced that on the show. You never told us you had COVID, so that was not public knowledge until right now. Oh, all right. Sorry. Yes, I've had COVID. He, he didn't want me to tell anybody, so I didn't say anything. Well, no, it's just... I, I didn't want to be one of these people that, that's, um, you know, all of a social media on this, of that, of the other, and looking for sympathy because who gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> There's plenty plenty worse off than me. But it, it went a rough six to eight weeks. It was. It went yeah. a rough time. But, but anyway, all good and dusted now and no excuses and time to start being productive. That sounds good. Well, guys, for another episode of Drugs and Stuff with uh, David from Yorkshire, I'm Scott McNally. Of course, go to truenutrition.com. Use our code ADVICES for awesome health and performance supplements. Reach out to Dave at crosslands.org.uk. And, of course, you can drop me an email down in the show notes. See you guys. Yorkshire. 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 Yorkshire.